Okay, as I said earlier, um, ways of celebrating harvest have been around for a very long time. And I'm going to start my talk by giving you a few facts about some of them. Right back in Exodus, when God was giving the children of Israel their instructions on how to worship and serve him, he instituted three festivals celebrating harvest. The festival of unleavened bread, the festival of harvest, where they were to take the first crops of their harvest, and then finally the festival of the final harvest, um, which was at the end of the harvest season, when they had harvested all their crops from the field. He said, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. In this country, successful harvests have been celebrated since the Middle Ages. Um, some examples of this include the first cut sheath of corn, which was offered to the fertility gods um, in order to guarantee a good harvest the following year. The last patch of corn standing in the field, which was sometimes called the mel, um, and was thought to contain the spirit of corn, um, cutting it was usually accompanied by an animal sacrifice. Um, fortunately, times have moved on a little bit from that. Um, harvest time was exhausting. Um, farmers were working around the clock, trying to make hay while the sun shines. Um, and neighbouring farms were racing against each other to bring in the first harvest. So the end of harvest time was a time for celebration. Um, the horse that brought in the, cart the last cartload was decorated with ribbons and garlands of flowers, and farmers held big um, feasts known as the Harvest Supper. These traditions changed slightly after Christianity arrived in Britain. The sacrificial offering was replaced by a straw, sorry, a straw hair um, that was made from the last sheath of corn. Um, so rather than sacrificing a hair, they just made one out of the corn. Um, and that eventually led to the creation of plaited corn dollies, um, which symbolised the goddess of grain. And these had a place of honour at the harvest supper, and were then hung from the farmhouse rafters into the following year. Again, most of us don't celebrate harvest that way anymore either. The more modern traditional British celebration, tradition of celebrating harvest, with a thanksgiving service, was apparently introduced in 1843, by the Reverend Robert Harker. Um, officially, the harvest festival service is held on or near the Sunday of the harvest moon, which is the full moon closest to the autumn equinox, and includes singing hymns, praying, and decorating the churches with baskets of fruit and vegetables. Um, now, I picked today to do our I don't know about harvest moons and, and I don't know anything like that. I picked today because that's what Google told me to do. I googled when is harvest and this is the day it told me so this is why we're celebrating our harvest service today um, I don't know if schools still celebrate a harvest festival um, but I do remember that when I was growing up we used to do a harvest festival at school um, and in fact I have a funny story about that well it wasn't funny at the time it's funny looking back on it because I nearly gave myself concussion before a harvest service once festival once I was getting ready for school, and for some reason I had my tin upstairs with me. I don't know whether I was put it in my bag. Anyway, I was coming downstairs, tin in my hand, slipped and fell down the stairs, tin of beans landed on my head, um, and I ended up with a large hole which nearly required stitches. At least I think it was that time I required stitches. It might have been the time I tried to come downstairs on a space hopper. That might have been the time I ended up needing stitches. But, you know, I came downstairs, fell downstairs a few times in my life growing up. 
Anyway, while I was growing up, food shopping would include a trip to the greengrocers. Um, we didn't buy all our food in the supermarket, all our fresh fruit and veg in the supermarket. We got it from the greengrocers. And most of what you could buy was seasonal. So strawberries came in the summer, not the whole year round like they do now. Um, these days, there is most, for most of us, there's no longer a point in our life where we breathe a sigh of relief that the harvest has been gathered. And if I have any farmers listening, then I apologise for you. It's probably still a big deal. But for most of us, we can go to the shops and get what we need as and when we need it. We don't have to rely on our own personal harvests. The food that we get from the shops, though, these strawberries, do need to be harvested somewhere, however. Um, and we should give thanks to God for those harvests. Um, and we should give thanks to God for his promise to us in Genesis 8, which says, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night. So most of us these days have to find a less traditional way of celebrating harvest. And we can celebrate our personal harvests, harvests of a different sort. There may be a few of us who grow our own food and are celebrating a good year. Um, in fact, with lockdown, I was at home more this year, and I actually managed to plant some stuff. Um, I harvested quite a lot of lettuce, it has to be said. Lettuce just keeps growing, I've discovered. Um, so I had lettuce for most of the summer, which was really nice, which I'd grown myself. Um, but that doesn't often happen, it has to be said. The process of growing crops is not easy. And as I discovered this year, it's more than just a case of putting a seed in the, in the ground and leaving it to get on with it. It needs to be watered and fed. And when you water and feed them, you also water and feed the weeds, which then need to be pulled out so that they don't take all the nutrients that your crop needs. And then there's the pruning, which needs to be done at the right times. Something about pinching the top of the plant so it doesn't keep growing up. I'm, you can tell I'm not a gardener. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, and my, front, my garden is now just overgrown with weeds because I'm back at work and I don't have time anymore. Um, so it's quite complicated, and as I say, not being a farmer and only being a very vaguely successful gardener, I know that there's probably other things you're supposed to do that I'm not doing. But I do know that only once you put in the effort do you get a crop of harvest. Now this sermon has got three parts to it, like any good sermon should do. Um, and that was just the introduction. We're going to talk about seeds. We're going to talk about tending and caring for the crop. And then we're going to talk a little bit about harvest. But first I want to tell you a little something about something that I've been going through recently. Some of you know this story, so I apologise to those of you that do. So at the beginning of this year, I was tired all the time. I had really low levels of enthusiasm and motivation. I was really unfit. Walking anywhere was a huge effort. In fact, doing pretty much anything was a huge effort and left me feeling drained. By the time lockdown started, I was dizzy and out of breath just from walking upstairs. Um, it was around this time I also realised that my eyesight had got a lot worse and that I was constantly thirsty. Now, some of you may recognise those symptoms, um, but in the middle of April this year, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Um, now, a healthy blood sugar is between 4 and 6 millimoles. Mine was above 16 most of the time and at its highest point was 26. So I was started on medication, and as my blood sugar started to come down, I started to feel better. I had more energy, and I could concentrate on things again. 
And I didn't realise how ill I'd been feeling until I started to feel better again. Now, I'm sure as any of you have known me for any period of time will know, I was overweight. Um, according to my BMI, which is how medical professionals measure these things, I was on the cusp of being extremely obese. And while I had a reasonably healthy attitude to how I looked and never let it bother me too much, there were loads of things I couldn't do, loads of clothes I'd have loved to be able to wear that I couldn't, because one size does not fit all. Um, and I was unfit. Um, I used to love walking for hours, but I could barely manage half an hour, and then that was me done for the day. And I had a very unhealthy relationship with food. Happy, time to eat. Sad, time to eat. Celebrating, definitely time to eat. Depressed, feed it with chips. And I couldn't have just one cake. I had to have two. And that was every time I had a cup of tea. Now, I've known for ages that I needed to do something about this, but I never found the right motivation and even potential health problems weren't enough because that one was one day, it wasn't now. So being diagnosed with diabetes was the motivation that I needed because it was no longer one day, it was now. And so I was able to completely change my eating habits and my relationship with food. Because eating cake and high-carb foods makes me feel really unwell, and when I don't do it, I feel much better, it's become much easier to do. Um, because I'm not eating well just to be on diet, just to lose weight, but because it has to now be my life, it's much easier to do. And as a consequence, I've lost two and a half stone. Um, but that's a bonus, that wasn't the purpose of doing it. And my blood sugar is stable and I feel much better. So why have I told you that story? Well, I'm going to use it to illustrate some of the points I'm going to make. So part one, seeds. It is impossible to grow anything without seeds. Seeds are often really tiny, but they can produce great big plants which have many more seeds. I have a visual aid. This is a pomegranate. I'm about to get covered in pomegranates. And the pomegranates have got lots and lots of seeds inside. Now each one of these seeds, if carefully planted and tended, will produce one pomegranate tree. And if a pomegranate tree is properly tended and cared for, it can produce between 100 and 150 pomegranates every year. So that's a lot of pomegranate seeds. So what seeds do we have in our life? What seeds have been planted in us? It might be an idea. Maybe you thought of something that would be a great way to run the children's work in the church. Maybe you thought of a way you could open your house up to serve others, even in the middle of a pandemic. Maybe you realised you needed a different way of cooking and eating that would make you much healthier. All these could be considered seeds. Or it might be a skill that you have. Maybe you're great at organising things. Maybe you can tell a really good story, and I don't mean lie well. Um, maybe you can paint walls and not get it on the ceiling and the floor as well. Maybe you never forget somebody's birthday. All these can also be considered seeds. Each of us has individual talents, gifts and ideas which has been gifted to us by God via the Holy Spirit. And these can be used to further the kingdom of God. You might think that you can't be used by God because, for example, you're no good at public speaking and you never know what to say. But maybe you make amazing cakes and people are really comfortable talking to you. 
Every single talent, gift or skill that you have was given to you by God when he created you and as such can be used to further his kingdom. Now on your chairs you should find some post-it notes in the shape of leaves. Now, I'd like you to take a moment now and just write on one of your leaves a few of the things that you're good at. These are personal to you and you can keep them as a reminder and you'll be pleased to know that I won't be collecting them in to exploit your talents later. Okay, if you take a minute and just do that. As I say, you get to keep those ones. They're just a reminder for you. Sometimes God plants the seeds for different... Diff- sorry. Sometimes God plants the seeds for different things in our lives. He gives us ideas or asks us to do something. It may be something you never thought you'd be any good at and had no plans to ever do, like when he tells you to go and be a minister. Sometimes he allows us to go through things to plant seeds for future harvest. Even so, we can't see any purpose in it or what the harvest might be. For example, maybe you've just been diagnosed with a condition that will affect the rest of your life, like diabetes, and you're currently going through the why me, it's so unfair stage. Is there something in your life that you think God has been planting in you or has allowed to happen to you, but you can't, never expected it or can't see what possible use it might have? Take another moment and write on another post-it note either something that God has been asking to you to do or something that you're going through right now that you can't see the point or reason in. You may have nothing, and that's great. These are your seeds. You have ideas, skills, talents and experiences. And these ideas, skills, talents and experiences can be grown into something that will produce a harvest. And that leads me on to part two, growing and tending. Seeds on their own don't produce a harvest. Seeds only grow if they're planted and tended. And this seed stage can be really difficult and it can take years. An example of our pomegranate. In order for the pomegranate tree to produce the 100, 100 to 150 pomegranates every year, it needs to be tended for at least 10 years. I should have got something easier to say than pomegranate, shouldn't I? If you have an idea and do nothing about it, it stays as an idea and benefits no one. If you're really good at painting but never pick up a paintbrush, then that skill is wasted. If you don't persevere through the difficult times, you may never know why 
and you might not learn anything useful from the experience. Sometimes we need training. In the same way that a vine needs to be trained to climb the trellis, we need to attend classes and do courses. Just because we're good at something, or because God has asked us to do something, doesn't always mean we will immediately know how or the best way to do it. There may be someone else out there with a similar talent, or who has been doing it for years, a different way that you can learn from. Sometimes we need to exercise vast amounts of self-control. I still love cake, and chips, and pizza, and macaroni cheese, and cake, and donuts. You get the point. And sometimes it's really, really hard to say no. Sometimes it takes everything that's in me not to buy those cupcakes in the supermarket or the fudge when I'm on holiday, especially as most of the time nobody would ever know. But if I don't put in the work, I won't stay well and I won't continue to lose the weight. Sometimes we need to practice. The more you do something, the better you become at it, usually. And practice can mean doing the same thing over and over again, and sometimes that can be really boring. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7 says, Train yourselves to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the saviour of all people, and particularly of all believers. But if we don't put the effort in, then we don't reap the harvest. I'm sure there are times in your life where you can look back and see something you've put a lot of time and effort into, but once it was done, you reaped the harvest. Maybe like the song we listened to earlier, you can see situations in your life where your blessings have come through raindrops. Maybe all you can do right now is keep going one day at a time. Maybe you just can't see the harvest ahead. And if that is you, come and see me and we'll pray together. I want you to know that God works all things for good for those that love him. Keep praying, keep trusting in a God that loves you, and together you will come out on the other side. Sometimes we can spend years praying and tending a seed that we have planted and can still be waiting to see the harvest. Maybe you're praying for someone to accept Jesus into their life for themselves. Maybe you're praying for healing or for a new job. On another one of your leaves, I'd like you to write something that you're in the middle of tending. It could be something or someone you are praying for, or something that you are studying or working towards. And then once you've done that, can you go and stick them on the tree on that wall over there, the one that says waiting for? Um, If what you're working on or praying for is too personal, you don't want everyone else to be able to read it, then just write your name on the post-it note, and we're going to stick it on the tree. And what I'd like to do over the next few months, weeks and months, as we see the harvest... We're going to move the leaves from the waiting for tree to the thanking God for tree. Um, So let's just take a minute now, just write on one of your leaves something you're working towards, something you're praying for, something that you're waiting for the harvest from. When you go over to that tree, be careful of the carpet. I meant to move it, but I forgot.
And this brings us to part three of today's message, harvest. Now, I don't think I need to explain to you what harvest is. Harvest is seeing the results of your hard work, of your planting and the nurturing of your seeds. It's when your house looks amazing because of the effort you've put into it, or when my blood sugars are stabilised and I'm losing weight, and more importantly, feeling better than I have for years. It's when somebody tells you that all the hard work you've put in has finally paid off. It's when that prayer gets answered. That's the harvest. And in and of itself, that's great. But it's what we do next that is also super important. Do we say, yes, I deserve that reward. Look at all the hard work I put in. Now I'm going to sit back and enjoy the fruits of my labour. Or do we say, thank you to God for helping us to get there. Do we offer him the first fruits of our labour? Do we ask him how he would like us to use the harvest? For me, being healthy means that I can talk to you without being out of breath. And it means that, and that means that I can spread God's word more effectively. It also means that I don't fall asleep every time I sit down, so I can read the Bible more deeply and learn more of what God wants. It means that I have the energy in the evening, so I'll be able to study. It means that I can walk for miles and spend time enjoying God's creation. And hopefully it means that I can inspire others in a similar situation. Maybe it's time we started to give back to God out of our plenty. All it takes is a look at the news and the different charity adverts that are out there to see how much we have and how little some other people have. While I was writing this, I stopped for lunch and watched a bit of TV. And in the space of two ad breaks, I saw adverts asking for help for the children in Africa who are going blind because they don't have access to antibiotics, the ones who are dying from drinking stagnant water, or the ones in India who are being trafficked and abused as slaves. I'm sure you've all seen these adverts, and it would be impractical to try and support all of them. Maybe God is pointing you in the direction of a particular one that he wants you to support. Have you ever been in the service station toilets and noticed the um, posters on the back of the door? Often they're about someone who needs help. I know someone who made the commitment to give every time they were in a service station toilet and saw one of those posters. Maybe you've been through a horrific experience and now you can help to support others who are going through something similar. Maybe you've done years of training as an accountant and can help serve the church by becoming treasurer. She said, hopefully. Um, Whatever season you've been through, whatever seed you've put the time and effort into growing, it's time to pay it forward. It's time to ask God how he would like you to use the harvest. Our text today reminds us that God loves a cheerful giver and that he rewards the giver with plenty to give. It says, For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need, and will have plenty left over to share with others. I've seen this in my own life. For as long as I've given at least 10% of my earnings, either to the church or to charities, I've always had enough to live on. When I didn't tithe, I got into debt. Now obviously that shouldn't be the only reason that we give. But isn't it encouraging to know that if we do give, God isn't going to let us suffer as a result. As part of the harvest, there will be more seeds. Remember the pomegranate? If we planted and cared for every single one of those seeds, there would be thousands and thousands of pomegranates. In fact, I sort of did the math. According to Wikipedia, the number of seeds in a pomegranate can can, can reach about 1,400. One seed can produce a tree that will grow 150 pomegranates. So 1,400 times 150 
equals 210,000. Each of those seeds can produce 210,000 seeds. So, and this is where it gets to a number that I'm not 100% sure I'm saying right, in two seasons, so no, in 20 years, sorry, you could potentially have 4,400 million. I don't think that's enough zeros. Anyway, it's a very, very big number. <laughs> very, very big number. Of course, however, not all the pomegranates that were grown will be used to produce more seeds. Some will be eaten. Now, according to Medical News Today, pomegranates are rich in vitamin C, potassium and fibre. They contain 48% of the recommended daily vitamin C intake. Um, they're low calorie and high in a number of antioxidants. So I will be eating that pomegranate because I can. <laughs> it's not a cake. It's not bad for me. I can eat that pomegranate. Some of your seeds will be used to produce more seeds. For example, maybe your idea for children's work will inspire faith in the next Billy Graham. Or maybe your musical talents will bring people closer to God and will help them to feed on him. You may never know the results of the final harvest from the seeds that you are going through today. But rest assured, if you work together with God, you will be doing a good thing, a thing that will further the kingdom of heaven. Some of your seeds, some of your harvest may be used to feed and keep you healthy so that you can continue to tend the other seeds in your life. It's time for one last post-it note. I want you to make a note a couple of, the, of a couple of the harvest that you can think of in your life. The things that you and God have put some time and effort into. The things that you want to say thankful, thank you to God for. And the things you want to do to help others and to give back to him. And while we do that, we're going to listen to how great thou art. And once you've written on your post-it notes, they go up on the wall on the other tree. <laughs>